Welcome into the Harvest Friends. I'm Abigail and I'm joined today with my good friend Keith. It's just the two of us, but we are excited because we are going to be talking about the challenges of rebuking and challenging those that we're discipling in love. It's maybe one of the harder things about discipleship, but we think it's really important and we can't wait to get into it today. But first, if you're new to our channel, our goal is to help you live and share your faith in the everyday places of life. And besides this week, weekly show. We give you lots of great tips and tools on this channel to help you be a disciple in the 21st century. So we hope that you will subscribe and click the little bell if you're on YouTube so that you can get all the good stuff from us. So let's get started. All right, Keith, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. I mean, I think uh, Andrew's got some really important stuff going on, so I don't want to put him on blast and say he set out this episode that he wouldn't have to talk through the hard things, but he really does have some real things going on. So he's not with he us today. So that's right. Um, but it's been fun. I, as far as this, because you and I have never done a show just the two of us before, nope. um, before we got started, like literally before I said the words, welcome friends, um, our awesome tech guy, Zach decided to discuss once again, the fact that my chair makes <sighs> farting noises. And oh, as a girl, I don't appreciate getting that information at the last second before we get started. So that's where we are. How are your thoughts on Zach, that? Zach just <laughs> can got you all it? the way on blast. But <laughs> it was. That was pretty funny, though. But we're going to make it. I think the chair has become a staple on the show. So I, uh, I'll be, you know, if we get through it, hey, you know, but if you hear the sounds, I'm like, just going to try to not move. Like if I don't move at all, I just move my head a little, but that's it. But I'm kind of an active person, so I don't think it's going to work out. Friends, okay. if you hear it, just know I have had no beans or any other roughages <laughs> that I know of today, and I'm just fine. It's just my chair from Ikea. That would be that an awesome Ikea. thing to comment on. If you guys are feeling feeling like you want to give us some love, go ahead and comment on feeling Ikea. That'd feisty. Be awesome. Yeah, if you're feeling feisty, feel free. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we are going to be talking about maybe how to do tough love in disciple making in a biblical and loving fashion. Um, I have to be honest with you, when we got this topic, I thought I am the worst person to talk about this um, because just in general, I'm a prophet hmm. and prophets are not great at doing, well, I take it back. We're fabulous at rebuking people and challenging people, but doing it in a loving way may be where we fall short. <laughs> So you're, you may ha you may have to help me out a lot today, Keith, because you where where do you fall on the spectrum? Are yeah, you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I um I haven't stuck my fork in the ground on this and said like I am this for sure, but most people who love me and know me would say that I'm worried more as a shepherd. So we tend to be, I guess, a little bit more loving with our rebukes, and uh, it's harder for us to challenge people. Um, but maybe because I've been around for a while now, I've definitely uh seen both sides of it. So this is something I'm still learning. You know, I'm, I don't think I have it nailed down to the ground. Like every time I say something, uh, that's a challenge for somebody. They're not like, oh man, thanks for being so gentle. You know, sometimes it's like, bro, like, <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to talk through it today. Abby, I think we're going to hopefully unlock some good stuff. So 
Absolutely. I mean, for one, you and I both agree, whether we do it differently or not, we both agree it's really important and biblical. And that mm-hmm. this is something that we, as um, disciples and disciple makers, this is really part of the process of becoming more like Jesus. So maybe you and I could just talk about how we see this play out in scripture and how we really truly stand behind this one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, Abby, I loved your intro about us, you know, trying to be disciples and make disciples in everyday places of life because our model is Jesus, like period. Like that's who we want to model model our life and our ministry after. And this is something that you see Jesus doing uh, quite often to the people he cared about most. Uh, they needed these uh, get back on course moments or hey, get your head out of the sand moments. And uh, I think it went on to help them for the rest of their lives. So um, I think we have that same challenge today to speak the truth with love and let people know they're loved, but to also challenge them uh, because you see Jesus doing it in scriptures and we want to be like him. So uh, this is a topic that can't be ignored. And uh, we're not saying we're experts or that you're going to get an exhaustive list, but we want to talk about it because Jesus did it often. And this is something that we face in our uh, ministry today. Yeah, and I think um, when I think about particularly challenging people to step out, maybe in things that they're uncomfortable in or that they haven't done before in ministry, um, and we're kind of trying to encourage them to make steps and and grow in their spiritual walk. I think um, I see that so much in scripture. For one, the Lord is all about taking us further down the road, closer to us, or closer to him, I should say, and um, further becoming more like him. And we as humans, just in our human nature, we like safety. We like to do the things that we're good at and maybe just chill out there. Mm -hmm. And all through scripture, we see the Lord challenging and really, you know, setting the bar higher for all of those that followed him. And I mean, really name anybody in the Bible and say, did God just give them a really easy task? And it's never, the answer is never yes. <laughs> so I think we're definitely um, on the right track when it comes to challenging those that the Lord has kind of um, given us to disciple and to encourage. Yeah, I think so for sure. Like this is a theme you're going to see all throughout scripture. And uh, I love a verse out of Hebrews. I think it saved me early on to know that this was necessary. Something that I had to have done to me and I had to do to others. But it says, uh, no discipline feels good at first. Uh, but rather painful or sorrowful. But to those who've been trained by it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So uh, no matter when you do it or what you say, or how, you know, it's going to be taken uh, hard because, yeah, no discipline feels good at first. But if you take it in and uh, you really give it a shot and you trust God with it, uh, there's some amazing things that can come from a challenge or rebuke, um, no matter when it's given. So, uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, we we gotta we gotta grow in this area, but we we gotta keep doing it to get there. Like it won't happen on its own. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is maybe one of the greatest parts of discipleship, like one-on-one discipleship, that which is what we talk about literally all the time <laughs> here at In the Harvest. But it's because we really see how it changes you in a different way than someone um, standing up in front of a large audience and you you know hearing a message and then applying it to your own life. There is a huge. Uh, learning curve, maybe even yeah. to sitting across from someone and having them speak into your life in a really personal 
and specific way. Um, but maybe let's start by talking about as as we disciple others, uh, Keith, how can we make sure that we're doing this from a biblical place and not just, you know, I think you should change up some things in your life. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, well, maybe that's coming from me who's super opinionated, but um, just what, how should we lay the groundwork as believers, but also not as Jesus, because we are not Jesus. How can we do this in a way that is like Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think, just being familiar with with Jesus and what he taught and the big things that he chose to emphasize. Because I think uh, with a ministry like ours, something we don't want to do is uh, make the minor things in life and in scriptures majors and emphasize those because uh, everybody has pet peeves and things that bother them. And uh, I'm not saying that those shouldn't be addressed at some point, um, especially when you're in ministry. But I think uh, there's big issues like sin issues and... and uh, things that are really against God's heart. So uh, those are the things I think we should major in. And uh, I think we have to learn to not sweat the minors. I know for me, that was a big thing because, uh, yeah, if you live with people, if you're living in uh, life-on-life type ministries and you're living in someone's homes, the minors are going to come up and you got to choose to uh, either not focus on those things and learn to to cope with them or, um, yeah, you're going to find yourself bickering and and being pretty uh, frustrated. So I think... Uh, just getting familiar with God and, and His heart and what's on His heart and uh, really focusing on those major things versus uh, th- the minor things. So I think that that comes with maturity, that comes with spending time with God, that, that comes with uh, learning from believers who've gone before us and uh, that can guide us in that in that path. So um, yeah, Abby, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think also for me, a big verse that has helped me a lot is in Matthew 7, you know, that talks about, you know, take care of the log in your own eye before you take care of the speck in your neighbor's eye. Mm -hmm. And so usually when things um, just start to niggle at me about, you know, I think it's more the small things like you're talking about, then that's usually when I need to go to the Lord in prayer about myself, about Mm -hmm. my own heart. (laughs) And if I can take it to the Lord and say, boy, this is this is really standing out about this person. I really think they need to get their lives together and you need to fix them. (laughs) Usually God is like, actually, you're the one who needs to get fixed. And so it really does help to kind of um, do the the narrowing down, as you say, to get to the majors Mm -hmm. and, you know, get rid of all the minor stuff. That's just the stuff of us living together and Mm -hmm. being the body of Christ and um, being close together and not all having the same temperaments and personalities. So I do think it's important, like you said, to find the things that really are huge issues. Um, I'm reminded of, I think it's, I wrote it down. Let me see. Where'd I put it? James five, the end of James five, you know, it says that anyone among you, if they wander from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings him back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul. That's a really huge deal. Right. And I think that James put that in there just to reinforce the fact that we do have a responsibility to each other as believers. And if we see true sin, something that's really holding our brother or sister back from walking with Jesus in freedom, then man, we have to step in there. Like that's yeah. 100% our responsibility in some ways. Yeah, I love that verse that you brought up too, because uh, you get the context that it's, they're not doing that in public, you know, and I think that's a huge 
Um, huge things for all of us. We want to put that out to you. Please don't uh, rebuke your friends or uh, do this out in the open where everybody can see it. Uh, says that he who finds, you know, a sinner and brings him back for his wonder, from his wandering. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, just be really careful to do it in private. I know that a lot of coaches just in the world preach that you want to discipline in private, and I think that's true. Uh, I've often made that mistake of wanting to get something out so bad that I'm willing to uh, say it in front of the whole body of believers. And um, yeah, there's true resentment that comes from that. And uh, I think the better approach is to do it in private. So I love that you pointed out that verse in James, Abby, because uh, that is something you see Jesus doing in private, especially with Peter. There was a lot of moments where it was just the disciples and he let him have it, but it was for his good. So. Poor Peter. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I think we have great examples in scripture. Uh, First Timothy is one of them where it kind of gives you the groundwork of, you know, if someone is in sin, first you go to them, you mm. know, in private, like you were saying, and then you take a brother or sister along with you, and then it kind of becomes a church issue. And so, man, how wonderful that in scripture, we have these laid out um, little forms for us. And mm. I think, Boy, actually, we rarely have that in scripture. Like, I'm always a little disappointed of how little detail we get about how to really do the day to day of church in scripture yeah. and how yeah. the early church looked and how they did like all the dirty work of the day to day. So, the fact that we get this is pretty awesome and it must be important. Um, so, I think that's, I mean, good guidelines to have. But maybe since we don't have any of the nitty gritty, how about you and I air some dirty laundry and talk about? <laughs> that we have been either rebuked or challenged mm -hmm. how it went good bad and then maybe how we've been doing it ourselves <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're getting into it now guys i uh as you were saying that though Abby, i did think of one um moment in scripture where there was uh paul and peter and uh peter had went back on some things that god had made clear to him that he wasn't supposed to uh you know he was hanging out with the jewish community hanging out with the Gentiles, but then the Jews got on him. So he's like, hey, I'm going to kind of go back towards this old, like, uh, reformed behavior that I had. And and uh, Paul called him out right there in his face. And, uh, yeah, he, he rebuked him plainly to his face. It was pretty stern. But I think, yeah, th there was the, the context there was that there was a serious, uh, there were serious implications if they were to go back and try to make Gentiles become Jews before they got to Jesus. So I think there is moments to where it's necessary where you, you can you can address the uh, behavior right on the spot. So, uh, yeah, from a personal story, Andrew, who's not on his podcast, has had to do that several times with me. And also, man, for those of you who do not know Cindy Stroud, awesome woman of God. She's uh, Andrew's wife. She's about, you know, five feet tall, maybe, <laughs> but uh, when she's, uh, when it's time to challenge, uh, she's really good at speaking the truth with love, but letting you know that you were off course. So I've, I've had my fair share of uh, run-ins with that, but those were great examples because now I have that experience. So <laughs> how about you, Abby? Hey friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. Oh, absolutely. Well, I wanted to say in regards to that, um, 
Peter Paul story. I mean, I know that lots of people have talked about that, whether that was good or bad. Like there's no mm-hmm. comment in scripture of like, mm-hmm. hey, this was the right way to do it, whatnot. It does really show um, Paul's heart in the situation. Like he was so grieved for the church and yeah. for especially the Gentiles that he was willing to really go for it in a public forum and yikes wouldn't have wanted to be there so yeah that was a rough one you know i am so so grateful that i've had a lot of experience with um rebuke in both uh really like super loving ways like the kind where you walk away and you've like just hugged the person and thanked them for Mm. like just how loving they were to you and then you go you're like whoa wait they were really calling me out <laughs> my stuff. And then I've also had the kind where I was walking away, like licking my wounds and like, hmm. ouch, that really stung and was painful. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've had more of the latter than the wow. former. And I actually think that that was very important for me personally. I am not a super feeler in general. And I'm very black and white about the truth. I'm very passionate about the truth. And so I can just get in the moment and be like, this is the truth. Like they should hear it. And who cares how they feel about it? And God was very kind to me, one, to give me a super loving and shepherding hearted husband who is a feeler. And he will often tell me to not say things and I get to obey him. And that's awesome. And then also I've had so many of those experiences where it has been hurtful and that because I'm such a non-feeler, I kind of needed to feel the hurt. Does that make sense? Like I needed to feel what that feels like and maybe even about things that aren't, that are more like the minors that we were talking about and having my minors in my life kind of like brought out and like racked over the coals has really helped me to know, Hey, I should be careful to make sure I'm not minoring on some minor details in people's lives. So I think maybe I just do really well with um, negative reinforcement. Is that what that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I've learned some things from that for sure. So maybe like, what are some things you've learned about how to, um, like, when when is a good time to challenge someone? Like, how do you know when it's a good time to challenge a person? Yeah, yeah. Um... So going back to an example, uh, I went to North Carolina. We was on a ministry trip to uh, to gather with the believers there, learn some things, encourage them, come in and strengthen them. And uh, one of the things they asked me to do was to share my testimony at one of their uh, leaders' gatherings. So I did it. And, uh, you know, there's times when you share and you feel like, man, that was awesome. Like, it was rocking. Like, people were engaged, et cetera. And, um, yeah, somebody came up to me afterwards. I would name drop, but I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to name drop, but uh, yeah, it was actually the wife of a guy in ministry, and uh, she affirmed me the same way. I was like, hey, you did a really good job, et cetera. But one of the things she's asked me was, going back to Cindy Stroud, like, hey, what, what kind of impact has Cindy Stroud had on your walk, and uh, especially not having a mother, like, what has that done for you? And uh, without saying anything, really, I knew exactly what she was getting at. And my heart kind of sank, because in that testimony, and me waxing poetically about 15 minutes, I didn't say much about uh, what Cindy had done or what, what kind of impact she had on my life. So, um, yeah, her feedback was, hey, there's there's mothers out there. There's there's ladies in ministry who really need to hear that. And uh, you have a story that's such that where you could you had the perfect opportunity to share this. 
but you didn't, you know, and, um, and that was okay. Like I could take that because that, in that moment, I knew from that point on that I wouldn't let that happen again. Like, unless I was totally off my game, but uh, yeah, shout out to Cindy. You know, she just, um, she's going through a tough right time right now with her family. So yeah, that was, that was really encouraging. So I would think, uh, you just base it on a person's maturity, where they're at in their walk. Like, I think, uh, the person who challenged me knew that I can take it, that I needed to hear it. So, uh, although she was protecting me and my heart and speaking the truth with love, she didn't let me get away with not knowing that, uh, somebody needed to say that to me and I was glad she was willing to. So I think for me now, I base it off where the person's at, their maturity and, uh, where my heart is in it too. Because like you said, Abby, I don't want to be approaching them with a, with a, a log in my eye and, and really focusing on a speck in theirs. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that story because of how um, she came to you and asked you questions. She didn't just come at you and say, like, where was Cindy in that story? You know, like she (laughs) kind of led you to the answer. And I think that's a wonderful way to do that in a sensitive um, kind of way to help you kind of get to the answer um, yourself. And she wasn't just kind of like blasting you with it. Um, So that's a really nice um, way to start. And it's an easy way for all of us. Usually, um, I know 100% that because this is, by the way, caveat, this is me and my, my personality, my giftings, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, I 100% know that when I want to say something, and I'm like, let me at them. I'm ready. And I've got the words and I'm going to say them and they're going to be awesome. And then that person is going to repent. Like I know a hundred percent of the time, like really a hundred, a hundred percent that I should not do it (laughs) because that's coming from me. So it's the times when I start pleading with God, like, let somebody else please do this. Like, Mm -hmm. can't somebody else talk to them? Like, would it be okay if you just told them through scripture? You know, (laughs) like when I start arguing with the Lord about it, that I, then I know that it really is from him and it's not just Abigail opinionated stuff. Um, And then I can really start praying. And this is maybe a different scenario than what you talked about. Because that was kind of in the spur of the moment. She kind of needed to talk to you right then. Um, but she did it in a super loving way. Um, a lot of times with those that we're discipling, we see something in their lives that maybe needs to be addressed over time. And we can really just lay the foundation of prayer for them before we ever even talk to them, which mm-hmm. is a really cool thing. Um, I'm just reminded of Galatians 6, you know, that says we can bear each other's burdens. And I think this mm-hmm. is included. We can bear the burden before we even have to talk to them and really just ask the Lord to prepare their heart for what we're going to have to tell them and that there would be love around it and no lies and all those things that we can do before we even start a conversation. And that's been really helpful for me um, because I think when I was younger, I tended to be like in the moment, Mm -hmm. I've got the truth and let me give it to you. And it never went well. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't think there's a, I think we're always going to be learning on this one for sure. Like uh, I don't think we'll ever pin this one down perfectly. So it's, it's cool to hear your thoughts on Abby too, because it gives me hope, you know, <laughs> gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another thing that I for sure, um, and I want to get some more of your like lessons learned of like maybe how we can go about doing this, but um, in a, a loving way. But the other thing I try to think about is even if I've like done the prayer time, um, thought Mm -hmm. about that it really is biblical, what I'm going to come to them and share. All those things are good. But 
and really try to look at it as like a scale and the scale needs to be that they feel loved by me mm-hmm. high enough that I have the collateral to speak into their lives. Mm. Um, and so a lot of times, if I'm not doing a good en- enough job in my community, um, in our church, just in the relationships that I have, if I'm not loving well, then I don't have really the collateral to speak into anyone's life. And so that's an ongoing thing, even when we're not having to challenge someone, that we need to be loving them so well that when we, if we ever do have to say something to them, they know that they're loved. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great, Abby. I've heard that you want to give like 10 encouragements for every challenge or every, you know, and, um, our, you know, that number might vary on the person you're dealing with, but I do think it's good to have a ratio in your head to like, hey, I'm going to challenge this person this much. But before I do so, I want to make sure that they uh, know they're loved and they're valued by me because uh, yeah, ultimately God's going to have the authority to speak in their hearts. And I think sometimes me personally, I can try to play like um, back the Holy Spirit up like, hey, it's my job to actually convict people or help them be convicted because they're not seeing it. So here I come and I was like, yeah, that's, God's big enough, you know, so like, yes, he can use me sometimes as a vessel to speak, but uh, I need to trust him and his timing. So uh, I don't know if we're getting into practical tips just yet, Abby, but uh, if you know uh, Jim Downing, uh, something he said a long time ago that was really helpful for me was if you want to find out your strengths and your weaknesses or your, your gifts and the things you want to improve on, uh, have maybe a few people closest to you write out your strengths and your weaknesses. So five on each side. And he said between those, you can kind of, um, you know, find your gifts and also your weaknesses. But I've learned that that can be a good time to challenge someone, especially uh, if there's this is a person that's harder to have that conversation with or you're worried about how it's going to come off. If they're willing to have you do something like that, uh, then I think that's a good place to kind of speak into their life. Uh, almost indirectly. So if you're not uh, like me and Abby, more so Abby than I am, and willing to, you know, to, to confront the problem uh, head on, then maybe something like that, maybe a more indirect approach uh, can really help the person without uh, causing them to uh, to be hurt, you know, by what you said or the way you said it. So Ooh, that's a good one. That's a great tip. Yeah, I think my maybe my biggest tip when it comes to this is making sure that we have um, the space that we've made in our lives, both with those that we really value their opinions and we want them to speak into our lives. We need to make the space regularly so that they have that opportunity to speak into our lives. Hmm. Um, Make it, make time for it. And it's not going to happen every time. Don't worry. You're not going to get blasted like every time you meet with someone. But just making that space and being available for it yourself is really valuable and knowing you know, humility enough to know that you probably need it and that it's going to probably come. Um, And then making the space with those that you're discipling too, of just spending time together on such a, a, um, common basis that Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to find the time. Um, I, I have actually noticed that, um, when I start to see that I haven't been spending enough time with people, then there is that push and pull like, well, I haven't spent enough time with them. I haven't been loving them well enough. Like, and so I don't, I can't speak into their life right now. So that's a good little like nudge for me personally to know, Hey, maybe things aren't the healthiest in these relationships. Like I really do have to continually be 
and both sides, um, those that are discipling me and then those that I'm discipling, um, really be able to have that be effective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You made me, I know you said that earlier on, Abby, that you're more wired. So as a prophet and, uh, I am going to name drop here, uh, just to give a perfect personal example, but Ben McCoy, he's a brother in the Lord who I love very much. If you guys know Ben, um, yeah, you know, kind of how he's wired. So when we first met, I think it was harder for me to accept some of the things that he was saying, even if they're right. And it was because we didn't have that time under our belt. Like we didn't, um, I didn't have that capacity to take it and know it was coming in from a good place. But fast forward, you know, maybe six months down the line, I know when he's uh, challenging me or if he's, if he's bringing something to my attention that I might have missed, it's coming from a place of love and it's coming from a place where he's uh, desiring me to be like Jesus, you know. So um, I think that was a big lesson for me to see that, uh, yeah, it takes a while to let someone in to where you can let them challenge you and be okay with it. So I think that that helped me in an outward sense for, with other people when they have a hard time when I'm challenging them. And uh, yeah, we didn't get too much into to personality types, but I know I'm kind of a fun-loving guy. Like I often, you know, go off of the fun side of my personalities and the nice sides or et cetera. But uh, yeah, I, I am willing to challenge someone. Like my uh, heart's desire is to be like Jesus and Jesus did that. So this is something that I'm not... Uh, afraid to do or not willing to do, especially being, you know, in ministry, but uh, mine sometimes carries a lot more weight, you know, so I, I really have to be careful with my approach because uh, sometimes it does hit uh, heavier than, than most, and uh, and that's okay because that's how God's wired me, and I'm okay with that, but I do have to be really cautious, so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get into the personality stuff. You know what? Something just clicked with me, though. It's really odd that I am kind of so profity um, because I was just uh, Andrew sent me a, a video today on my Enneagram type and I'm a three wing two for anyone who knows what that means. But that's a real people pleaser, by the way. And so it's really interesting mm. that I would be so willing <laughs> to challenge people. So just so you know, I'll probably throw a joke in right after I've like, you know, really cut you down to size. <laughs> I'll be like, JK, I don't, I don't know. But um, I think that it's really important to know not only ourselves and how we interact with people, what's hard for us, but also to know those that we are just, we're interacting with. Like, well, how are they going to be affected? Are they mm -hmm. like a deep feeler and are just like the fewest words ever just going to like crush their soul? Or are they a real thinker? And so you're being all feely, touchy feely, and they like totally miss the boat. So yep. I think the bottom line for both of us is that, you know, you do need to have um, some, some background there and some way to throw around. And I really do think the Holy Spirit is kind enough to give us wisdom, even, yeah. even if we don't know them very well. I mean, I think that the Lord can really use us to speak his words of truth if we're willing to be obedient in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too, Abby. I, uh, I know this was helpful for me, even just talking through it. I know that this is something I want to approach better in the, in the future. And I'm hoping that people join our conversation too, if there's things we might've missed out or that, uh, they'd be willing to contribute, but thank you so much, Abby, for giving your thoughts too, because it's helpful to hear somebody, uh, with a different personality, different experience, because then it, I can compare notes to mine. So. Yes. 
This was fun. And we definitely just scratched the surface on this topic today. So we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have thoughts on rebuking, challenging, how that looks in your own ministries, things that you've found to be helpful, we want to hear about them. So comment, <laughs> let us know and share this episode with your friends and don't forget to subscribe. And uh, hopefully we'll have Andrew back with us next week. We have a really, really good show prepared for next week. So stay tuned for that. And Keith, thanks. As always, it was fun. All of you watching, listening, have a great time in the harvest this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends, or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.